Hey everyone, you are listening to the Divergent Conversations podcast. We are two neurodivergent mental health professionals in a neurotypical world. I'm Patrick Cassell. And I'm Dr. Neff. And during these episodes, we do talk about sensitive subjects, mental health, and there are some conversations that can certainly feel a bit overwhelming. So we do just want to use that disclosure and disclaimer before jumping in. And thanks for listening. As autistic ADHD business owners, Patrick and I both understand the importance of promotion and doing it in a way that feels authentic and genuine. If you are a neurodivergent business owner and you would like to place your services or products in front of a neurodivergent audience, we are now opening up our podcast for sponsorships and we're providing a 10% discount code for neurodivergent business owners. So if you are an autistic or ADHD business owner, and you'd like to get in front of our audience, reach out to Divergent Conversations Podcast at gmail.com for more information. And now we are going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. If you're raising a bright neurodivergent kid and you'd like to feel more confident and less stressed as a parent, you can get free parenting resources and supportive coaching from the Gifted Learning Lab and Dr. Danica Maddox. The Gifted Learning Lab is designed for parents of emotionally intense or sensitive, gifted, and twice exceptional kids and teens, including those who are autistic, PDAers, ADHDers, or otherwise neurodivergent. Danica is a former gifted kid and late identified autistic who combines intuition, compassion, and humor with practical strategies that help you build a calmer and more connected family life. She has supported twice exceptional kids and families for over a dozen years as a teacher, therapist, award-winning researcher, and parent coach. If you've tried other parenting advice without success, the Gifted Learning Lab might be right for you. All of the ideas and strategies are tailored to the strengths, needs, and characteristics of intense, gifted, and twice exceptional kids. Danica helps you understand your kid's intensity from the inside out so you can connect more with your child during tough moments and know what they need to thrive. You'll learn to work with your child's brain and you'll feel more confident letting go of traditional parenting approaches that aren't a good fit for your child or yourself. If you're also neurodivergent, you can use many of these same strategies and tools from the Gifted Learning Lab to bring more ease and compassion to your own life too. Right now, the Gifted Learning Lab is offering a free email mini course to help you defuse and prevent power struggles with your gifted or twice exceptional kid in an affirming, supportive way. If you feel stuck in endless negotiations or arguments, check out the free Power Struggles mini course at www.giftedlearninglab.com dot com slash power. That's www.giftedlearninglab.com slash power. Thanks for hanging around and now we're jumping back in. Yeah, so it is like a couple of days before Thanksgiving. It's like super dreary and raining outside here in Asheville and you're sick and uh, the holidays are coming up. So I think we wanted to talk about well, at least a lot of the major American holidays are coming up. So I think we want to talk mm -hmm. about just neurodivergence and holidays and how to navigate them and how to protect yourself and safeguard your own energy and mental well-being. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's complex, isn't it? It's hard, I think, regardless of whether you are neurodivergent or typical. I think the holidays are hard for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. and. I think they can bring up a lot of emotion. I think they can bring up mm -hmm. a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of dread. Um, 
I mm-hmm. think they bring up a lot of almost like for those of you who are high maskers having to perform or mm-hmm. show up a certain way and, and act as if like you feel a certain way about being there. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. that's Absolutely. And then the guilt of feeling a certain way about being there. Like if you don't enjoy it, but all of the shoulds, I should enjoy this. this yeah. Yeah. The combination of like the cultural pressure of like, this is the happiest time of year. Like, Time to connect with family and X, Y, Z. And then the internal experience, if that's not your experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's mm-hmm. further complicated when you might, you know, be neurodivergent and you might be struggling internally if you mm-hmm. especially have not discussed outwardly or publicly with family, friends, colleagues, whoever you might spend holiday time with. Um mm. And I also think there's complications that may arise if you are unmasking publicly at a a holiday event or -hmm. if you recently talked about it publicly and then your family or friends or whoever want to ask a million questions about your experiences. Feels like Mm -hmm. hell. Yeah, like to have private conversations but not in a private setting. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... I want to talk about strategies. I want to validate those of you who are like, mm-hmm. I hate the holiday season in general. Like I don't participate. I don't have people to spend time with. I don't look forward to them. Like society throws this message in our faces of how we're supposed to perform and how we're supposed to feel. So I get that. And I, I'm definitely one of those people. I don't enjoy the holiday season. Never have, never mm-hmm. will. Don't look forward to it. Uh, dread mm-hmm. it. Can't wait till it's over. How about you? I actually like it. Okay. Um, but I haven't always, you weren't talking that, I know. I haven't always liked it. Um, but I think in the last few years, so I definitely didn't like it before. Before. In the last few years, once we've understand our family and our family needs, like we've taken it pretty serious to have like a a cozy, comfortable holiday season, like the four of us. So there's a, things kind of actually slowed down. No, that's definitely not always been the case. I think discovering, we used to travel and that was horrific. That was so terrible. Um, I do not recommend traveling while neurodivergent with neurodivergent children during holiday season. Um, So I, I don't enjoy to like this week in the U.S. is, is Thanksgiving for folks who, still celebrate that holiday that I think we should probably stop celebrating. Um, (laughs) That's another episode, but like that I've always, always disliked because it's like you go into a room, there's lots of people, it's kind of fancy. There's a lot of smells there. Like I've always really disliked that holiday. Um, But again, this family, like the four of us are going to hang out and partly complicating factors which most people just aren't thinking about anymore, but like exposure, like to go to a large family gathering, COVID, when I get it and my daughter gets it, it knocks us out. Like, and so I'm still thinking about exposure, which a lot of folks I realize aren't, but so there's that. It's a good point, you know, because I know you've been battling long COVID. So Mm -hmm. for those who, you know, we did that episode on chronic health and, and just, um, illness in general with Mel and 
I think that's another factor. Yeah, this, I mean, this episode is not going to come out before Thanksgiving, but like talk about sensory hell walking Mm. into a passive, busy room with like all the smells, Mm -hmm. all the foods, all the textures, like all the people. It can, it feels, it can be so overwhelming so quickly. Mm -hmm. I myself am also looking forward to just being at home with my wife. My dad's coming up today and that is it. And we are not doing anything. And that feels pretty perfect to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, so I think when we can lean into the comfort of the season, um, it can be nice. Like for Christmas season, you know, I love the smell of pine or fir or whatever that fresh tree smell is. I love the twinkly lights, not the bright lights. I love hot chocolate and like warm, fuzzy blankets. So I think when I can lean into the smallness of the holiday and release the pressures of making it big, I've actually been able to enjoy this season. But most people can't release those pressures of the big. Um, And I definitely didn't enjoy it before I could do that. Yeah, I agree with you. I myself don't sell, you know, I celebrate Christmas, but like, it's only because my wife does. I'm Jewish by like, not by religion, but by ancestry. So Mm -hmm. I don't really, I have an air on the side of like, not giving a shit about any of it. It feels so commercialized, like all around. For me, it's very much like my autistic side where I'm like, this feels wrong. This feels like black and white to me. I don't enjoy any of this. It feels like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not commercial again. That's what I already said. But if we're, it feels so capitalist, you know, like at yeah. the, whole, the whole cycle of it. So like for me, I just want it to be over. I know my wife enjoys it. So I think that's another challenge when we've talked about cross neurotype partnerships and different needs in general as human beings, like trying to show up for the, if you do have a partner or family who want to participate, who are mm-hmm. looking for things and then trying mm-hmm. to figure out like, how do I get myself there or at least able to be there? So this is kind of divergent, but are you running a Black Friday sale because you're a business owner? I am not. I, I hate Black Friday sales too. Like I'm I'm just like, I can't do it. What do I do? Like fit a hundred, couple hundred dollars off a retreat registration or like, uh, it's just not for me. Yeah. No, I always like, it's so interesting. Speaking of the commodification of this time of year, like I always feel so torn of like, everyone in entrepreneur land is like, like you should be prepping for Black Friday for months. I'm like, that just feels, I don't know. I I don't have good feelings about it. I think I'm going to put together like a neurodivergent gift guide. But yeah, yeah, it's a weird thing as a business owner, the commodification of this season of like, do you lean into that? Do you just like, no, no. I, I'm one of those people, though, like if it's like everyone tells me I'm supposed to be doing something, I'm not mm-hmm. going to. That's just always yeah. who I am. I didn't watch Game of Thrones for years because everyone was like, you have to watch this show. It's amazing. And I'm like, no, this is stupid. And then all of a sudden I've watched it 60 times on repeat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's been my, my mentality around basically everything, despite mm-hmm. whether it impacts me negatively as a business owner or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. So yeah, commodification, which, um, I mean, that can be a stress of the holidays, right? That just the financial aspect for people, I think family, like if anyone has, like if anyone has a dysfunctional family, which most of us 
to some extent do. Like the holidays can be hard. If anyone's lost someone, like we talked about grief a couple months ago, holidays are, can be excruciating. Um, the sensory aspect, the shoulds, like, yeah, what have we missed? There's a lot of or reasons. If you're like hard. struggling with sobriety or if you're struggling mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. substance use in general, the holidays yeah. are typically a time where that's going to ramp up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whether it be for coping, um, mm-hmm. there, like whether it be for coping, whether it be for navigating loneliness or feelings of, mm-hmm. I don't feel connected to this or yeah. feel like I don't belong. Um, so you're going to see a lot of that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wondering about like, and you know, also holidays tend to come with like, if you're working right for an employer holiday parties and get together mm. gathering mm-hmm. situations where you may have to really you know figure out a way to either manage that energy and that boundary and that sensory overload and that um social expectation for your job's sake or you may decide like i can't participate in this and does mm. that have ramifications um for my career or for my coworkers and colleagues and and my relationships yeah, absolutely. And work, um, gosh, yeah, work social events can be really complex to begin with for autistic people because the context shift and the yeah. role shift, but it's not clear. It's like, okay, so at work, we don't talk about personal things, but then when we have a holiday party, we do, but like it's still limited. Like it's, I think in general, those work social events are really complicated to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about small talk hell at once again. Mm-hmm. Um, never looked forward to those. Always found reasons or excuses to try to get mm-hmm. out of them. So I think it's important to also think about like, okay, we're talking about what the holidays can bring up. Some people may have good associations, some negative, etc. But boundary setting, ways to manage some of the stress and anxiety as you're going into a season where you're supposed to feel happy and joyous and connected. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, because it makes you, if you're feeling disconnected, it makes it all the more apparent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it feels for me like, oh, what's wrong with you? Well, how come it's, you know, how come you don't look forward to three months of fucking Christmas music going on Mm -hmm. and tours that you go to to go shopping? Mm -hmm. I'm just like looking forward to Reese's changing the trees and then eggs and like all the seasonal Reese's. I'm real excited about that. But Boundary setting wise, I think it's important to have some strategies so that you can kind of try to set boundaries with family and friends and colleagues as you're going into a a couple of months stretch where you really want to protect your energy. Mm -hmm. You really want to sensory soothe. You really maybe don't want to have certain demands placed upon you. So I think it's important to think about strategies and techniques where, where you can at least have some of that in place. You know, I know it's not always possible for you to say like, I'm not going to participate in this, but to the best of our abilities to have some strategies, I think would be, um, would Mm -hmm. be ideal. Yeah, absolutely. And some of it, like back to, um, cross neurotype relationships, some of it might come back to strategies in like if someone's partnered with their partner, because, um, I think those are sometimes the hardest conversations if like one partner really wants to travel to see their family, but traveling yeah. is really hard for the other. Um, or just in, in general, one partner might want to be doing a lot of 
holiday events outside the home, well, I think that's hard for the other partner. So I think starting conversations in that partnership, if someone's partner is probably really crucial, especially if like one's extroverted and one's introverted or, you know, one likes to be out of the home more. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I think start those conversations, you know, obviously we're talking like this is going to release probably sometime in December, but I w- going into 2024, start those conversations early next year too. like be proactive in that communication because mm-hmm. for us, you know, I've talked about my relationship on here before. My wife has a very large family. They all get together for the holidays. It's they, they love it. She looks forward to it, but we've kind of had this like agreement where for Thanksgiving week, we won't go anywhere. We won't go to her family's. We won't go to all the gatherings. But like for Christmas, we'll go for the day so she can see our nieces and nephews unwrap mm-hmm. presents. And like for me, that's a that's a concession I'm I'm totally willing to make. It also allows me to like conserve that energy a little bit more than mm-hmm. if I had to yeah. really prepare to be on the go all the time. Absolutely. So yeah, like you all have found a compromise that works for you too. Yeah. Yeah. I think compromise, the other word that comes to mind is differentiation. Like, I think there's this weird idea that couples always have to do things together. Like one couple can like one, I, I, I get, I get that it's not ideal not to maybe spend the holidays together, but like one person can travel without the other. One person can go to an event without the other. Yeah. There might be questions, but, um, like we don't have to do everything together just if we're partnered. And I think sometimes we forget that. I feel like you've mentioned this like on 10 different episodes now, that exact like sentiment of couples do not have to do everything together. So <laughs> it, that could be a whole freaking series, I think, of autistic and more just cross neurotype partnerships and neurodivergent partnerships. But um, yeah, I agree 100%. And finding that compromise, finding that balance. And yeah, there might be some conversations to navigate, but I do think it's probably in the long run better off for everyone all around if mm-hmm. to that agreement for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before too, but like, I like to overlay pacing systems and a pacing system is just like any system that helps you think through how to pace your activity with like a value system. So, um, so for me and for like a lot of neurodivergent parents, um, yeah, I'm pretty fine not seeing my family during the holidays, but I want my kids to have memories with their cousins. So like, that's a high value for me. So I'd, maybe this is confusing because I use like the light system for both. Like that's a green light value. Like that's a high value and like a red light activity for me. Like it takes a ton of energy, but it's like, I intentionally make that choice and similar for you to like go see your wife's family. So I think also thinking through both like energy expenditure, but also values and then figuring like spending your red light energy expenditures on green light values. Like you don't want to be spending red light energy on like low value things. That's just not the good use of our energy expenditure. Yeah. Um, so then again, figuring out like what can we drop during the holiday season? That's not a, not a high value but perhaps a high energy cost. Agreed. hundred percent. That's, it's a great way of looking at it. And I think prioritizing and it's kind of doing that cost benefit analysis, right. Of like, mm-hmm. 
this is worth it to me, but I know it's also going to drain me. So just having to put the tools in place to mentally prepare for that and then support your nervous system and your sensory system afterwards and however you need to. I think the one thing that I'm thinking about holiday related, I don't know why, maybe it's just my own dysfunction and in, in family systems, but is like uncomfortable conversations at the dinner table. Um, mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. for those who are like, you know, whether it, you're new to your diagnosis and you're talking about it publicly, there might be some scrutiny. There might be questions. Mm-hmm. There might be like maybe even some ableism that comes up and, and we just did an mm-hmm. RSD series. So hell, we mm-hmm. certainly can create yeah. a whole ton of RSD at these situations. Yeah. So maybe just creating some like conversational cue cards for yourself too of like, you know, totally. some or some yeah. scripts or things like that, that can be helpful for you as well to set those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I think having exit scripts kind of pre-thought out or boundary scripts is so helpful. Like, um, actually I don't want to talk about that here. If you want to talk about that one-on-one, have it, it, if that's true, if you're happy to talk one-on-one, um, but having, thought through, yeah, how to kind of get out of those sticky situations beforehand is can be really helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any like go-to like well-phrased sentences of that kind of shuts down a conversation? I've always been good at like saying like, okay, if this conversation is becoming uncomfortable, how can we switch the conversation to something that everyone's interested in talking about mm. or like and that's usually like, oh, like, let's talk about the football game that's on TV right now. Or like, let's talk about whatever else and bring the conversation away from the attention on you and back mm-hmm. to something that feels more neutral or more common ground for everybody that everyone can participate in. Mm-hmm. It also like mm-hmm. takes the pressure off of feeling like the spotlight is just like shining mm-hmm. on directly, and I have now to like to respond or communicate or, or participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I had, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, good. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm kind of changing gears. So I just have the avoidance strategy of just not going. So, like, that's so. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. Isn't too. Yeah. 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 I was thinking they're like, I don't really have that experience of avoiding awkward things because I, what I do is I shut down when I'm in large sound groups. So, like, and it's interesting, my my dad, who, you know, we've been talking a lot about, he's also a psychologist, so we've been talking a lot about my neurodivergence the last few years. He'll be like, yeah, I'll look over the table and it's like, it's like you're just not there. Um, So I shut down, which like, then I just am kind of listening to everyone else's conversation. And it's, group conversations are really hard for me, which is sometimes evidenced in this podcast. Um, So I just get really quiet, shut down. What I didn't realize it, and it's interesting, my, my spouse used to like, be like, are you okay? Again, this was pre-diagnosis and he'd worry about me. And I was just like, okay, she's in her little shutdown mode. But what I didn't realize, I think this isn't perhaps helpful for people was, you know, that is a stress state and the body needs to release that. The body needs to complete the stress cycle. Um, when I would go home back when I was drinking, um, speaking of like, drinking holiday season, I would often be like, I need a drink, like after I got home. And now looking back, it's like, okay, my body was in this kind of frozen, immobilized stress state, looking for a way to get out of that stress cycle. That's turns out, spoiler, that's not a great way to actually complete the stress cycle. Um, 
But just to know, like, even if you're not feeling anxious and agitated, if you're feeling shut down, like when you're done with those events, your body still needs to release that, whether it's like going on a really grounding walk in the cool air or like taking a gentle bath, like your body needs to do something with that. And I think that's just helpful thing for people to be aware of during the holiday season. Absolutely. 100%. I tend to do that too in group conversations around like a a dinner table or something when multiple people are talking at once where I'm like kind of doing this internally and I can't Uh can't really like participate. Then I start to shut down and then I become really quiet. So mm-hmm. yeah, that stress state is is definitely real. So pay attention to that for yourselves and and just kind of monitor that. And there may not be something you can do in the immediate C of like I can release this right now. But just like Megan said, the great strategies when mm-hmm. you are out of that environment, being able to get that stress out of the body because you certainly don't want that to build up and and just cause mm-hmm. further, you know, yeah. Comp- or issues and taking breaks like if someone's spending a long day somewhere like can you get outside if um you know it is outside less since you're overwhelming but like the cool the cool air the like just getting fresh air again if air quality is fresh um getting kind of out of because i think part of it is being in a in a like enclosed space with lots of bodies that i i know that's part of what's hard for me so taking breaks, sensory breaks throughout the day. Um, so again, so that that stress kind of has a chance to come down. So it's not just building, building, building all totally. day. Yeah, I was always the person that'd be like volunteering to go run errands. You know, if like, yeah, yeah. Hey, does any, can anyone go pick this thing up? Yep, sure. I'll go do it. Like, let me get the hell yeah. out of here. Um, yeah. So yeah, putting yourself into situations like that where you can take a break, get mm-hmm. outside. I think that's a great reminder because like a lot of us want connection, right? And it goes back to, I don't know that we'll release it in this order, but last week we did, we recorded on attachment and belonging and we want it. A lot of us, it's just, well, I'll speak for me. Like I want it. It's just hard for me. So I think finding ways, same for me, it's like, okay, if I can do the dishes, if I can find a way to stay busy, if I can run an errand, like, are there ways to feel connected to whatever is happening, whether it's with the family or the the friend group, um, but in a way that is more tolerable? So I, I love that you like become the Aaron, the Aaron yeah, person. Always. <laughs> yeah. I do that now, you know, even in retreat settings when mm-hmm. I have my partner there, I'm like, yeah, I'll go get the food. Like, I'll go, throw yeah. everything out. I'll go do the thing so I can get mm-hmm. it. I can kind of like sh- take a like like a test on myself like where am i at just kind of gauge it and reset a little bit to my best of my ability and that's always been pretty useful so mm-hmm. just trying to do more of that stuff and like i remember when i was living in new york before i moved to north carolina like dating someone whose parents were divorced my parents were divorced having to go to four different places in one day and like oh my gosh you know put on the show of like oh, oh. So- be here and like can't wait to spend this couple of hours and I just remember how horribly exhausting like all of that was so yeah just trying to find ways for you all to ground regulate sensory soothe take breaks set boundaries all the things that work for you 
I would add connect because I think part of what can be painful about the season for us is sometimes like we're seeing other people connect or we're at least seeing on social media, the illusion of people connecting. And even in the, like the movies, the Chris holiday movies, like a lot of them are very connection focused. Um, so finding ways that I think help us feel deeply connected to people in our lives during the season. Um, I think that could be in the kind of holiday self-care bucket if we were putting together a little holiday self-care toolkit. Absolutely. I agree. A hundred percent. I think connection's paramount and just finding those those ways to connect with one or two people that you can in whichever way that you can, super important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I will say like in the, you know, theme of like receiving gifts and gift giving always mm-hmm. been a struggle for me but my yeah. wife's like doing like special interests like gift giving for me and it was changed the way i receive things so drastically mm-hmm. from, like opening something up and being like oh mm-hmm. you i don't know how to react to this to actually like being pretty genuinely excited mm-hmm. or content with like some of that mm-hmm. stuff so that's been a nice thing to to have that shift too because i i myself like struggle when my reaction isn't what the other person wants it to be oh gosh yeah that could be a whole thing like yeah opening gifts in front of people it's awkward because there's like this expectation and like a lot of us don't hide our faces very well like if it's if we're disappointed i remember early christmas um i had like a response and i was a kid but i had responses my my aunt gave me and i very much remember the like we don't do that (laughs) okay but now i like i hate opening gifts in front of people i get so awkward um yeah i gift giving feels really inefficient to me especially again in my partnership like we share the same funds right so i'm like why would we gamble giving something to so any money on something that we don't know if you'll like. So we actually just buy our own gifts, but then wrap them for each other, which I think is so much more efficient. (laughs) Yeah, I like that strategy. Or logical, not efficient, logical. That is very logical, yeah. Yeah, we share a a joint bank account. So like whatever I'm buying you is coming out of the same money, right? Like, yeah. So don't you want to like it? Like, (laughs) yeah. Why would we risk spending money on something that you're not going to like? Yeah, and you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings, especially if you care about them. So you're like, fuck, I hate this gift, but I don't know how to react to this. Um, Yeah, it's a whole thing. Again, it's just holidays are complicated. Weird timing, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And then, like, don't, I don't even want to get started on the idea of, like, okay, it's about to be the new year. So, new year, new you. Like, resolutions into place. Like, yeah. And I can only start them January 1, 2024. I can't start them anytime other than that. And if I don't. Magical day. Yeah. 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 So talk about logic. Like, yeah, I do. I do. Okay. So actually my, yeah, I actually do kind of also enjoy the like, yeah, it's my ADHD brand. Like I love challenges. I love novelty. So I do kind of get excited about new year resolutions, but I feel embarrassed about it. Cause I know, I know the issues with it. Um, but I do actually kind of get excited about like a point to reflect on the last year and a point 
to like intention, like kind of set intentions of like, what do I want this next year to look like? What do I want the rhythms and the habits to be? Um, so again, talk about commodification. I don't love that all that happens around that, but I do like the invitation to pause and reflect. I agree. I love the pausing and the reflection. I love timelines in general. Like I like kind of looking mm -hmm. back and zooming out a bit. Um, cause I don't feel a sense of like contentment or pride or satisfaction or presence a lot of times in my day to day. So to zoom out, it's like, this feels good. Like it's feels nice to be able to like put things in linear order too. Um, but yeah, I, I don't love the like, okay, it's the new year and now I'm going to change everything about me and I'm going to do these new mm -hmm. things. And like that's, that's why gym memberships last for like a week and then nobody ever goes back. Mm -hmm. and okay. It's just, I don't know. It's one of those things. I sound really cynical today and I just realized I just hate the holiday season and that's just my reality. So you're, you're allowed to have that. I mean, I think that's, that's actually one of the tips I, I gave is like release any expectations about like how you should feel about the season, right? Whether it's you should like it or yeah, like, and I think that's, that's the, perhaps one of the most starting helpful points is just releasing any expectations we have about how we should experience this season. Absolutely. So you're modeling that. Well done. And yeah, I'm just hearing myself out loud. I'm like, I hate that. Yeah, that really bothers me. Um, well, maybe you're hearing it because I'm like usually with you with all the cynicism. And today I'm like countering. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but this but is my experience. I like Wait, that. Wait, you thing. and I have different experiences on something? Weird. It is um, good to highlight that, you know, not all profiles have to be exactly the same. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have anything else. I can keep talking about this. Feel free. Um, I'm also fine. Like, I think a short episode is fine and feel free to keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. I think I talked about everything I wanted to hit today. Um, just kind of like being aware of you not feeling well too. Um, I don't want to drag this out if we don't have to. So, I think everything we talked about is good. Just for those of you listening, just find the little spots and the little moments that you can embrace or connect to. And I think that it takes a lot of the pressure off of like, this was supposed to feel this way or be experienced this way, or I was supposed to show up this way and really try to take some of that intense, like societal expectation off of you. If you are in a part of the world right now, that's, gearing up to celebrate a lot of these holidays that are coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's well said. Can't add anything helpful to that. Well, this episode will come out before uh, probably early December. So for those of you who are listening, we appreciate it and um, hope you can kind of just create whatever you need to create in the next couple of weeks too and take care of yourselves. So, for all of you listening to Divergent Conversations, it's on all major platforms and YouTube. New episodes are out every single Friday. Like, download, subscribe, and share. And goodbye. And now, pause for a word from our sponsors. 
from new patients faced with an empty lobby and no idea where to find their therapist to clinicians with a session running overtime and the doorbell ringing. Some of the most anxiety-ridden moments of a therapy appointment happen before a session even starts. This episode's sponsor, The Receptionist for iPad, helps you tackle some of that pre-appointment apprehension and anxiety. The Receptionist for iPad is an easy-to-use digital client check-in system that helps your visitors check in securely to their appointments and notify their practitioners of their arrival via SMS, email, or your preferred channel. No more confusion, endless lobby checking, or having clients sign in on paper logbooks. It can even help you upgrade and update your demographic information for your clients as well and even validate parking. Start a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash private practice. Make sure to start your trial with that link and you'll also get your first month free if you decide to sign up. 